The new IMF conditions for financing South Sudan. Can the East African country tour the line? Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial and you can find me at Ritha Dong. The International Monetary Fund has set tough conditions if Sudan is to access funding from them. Key among these conditions is transparency and accountability for the funds. Key among these conditions is transparency and accountability for previous funds. We talked to analyst Akol Dog, who is based in South Sudan. Can South Sudan tour the transparency line? And if the funding is released, what sectors would benefit the most from the financial cushion? The International Monetary Fund is prepared to support South Sudan, uh, but they have some key demands that they've demanded from the government. One of the key demands is that they want uh, more robust public financial management systems, which ensures transparency and accountability uh, in public finance. These include accounting for oil revenues, accounting for past loans and how they're spent. Uh, the IMF wants to help South Sudan as a post-conflict state into recovery, uh, recovery from a conflict state into more of a developmental state. So South Sudan has been receiving some funding from the IMF starting last year. And some of this funding has been targeted towards stabilizing the foreign exchanges and uh, st- stabilizing the South Sudan pound in the market. The South Sudan pound was struggling to the dollar, but due to the intervention of IMF, it's been relatively stable, and this stability has ensured price stability in the market, which has made things much more affordable for people in the market. Now, some of the key plans and the demands from the president includes that, number one, he wants the IMF to help him build strong institutions. Uh, The president has stated that he wants to implement some of these reforms that they're demanding. He needs help to build some of these institutions. Uh, These include public finance management, strong financial institutions, revenue collections, et cetera. Uh, These are some of the things. Number two, the transition from humanitarian operations to developmental assistance. Uh, The president spoke at the governor's forum saying that he wants uh, the international organizations to prioritize developmental initiatives as opposed to humanitarian initiatives, as since South Sudan now is recovering from conflict since the signing of the revitalized agreement on the resolution of conflict in South Sudan, which formed the government in March 2022. And finally, economic diversification. These are key plans of the leadership where they want to ensure that there's more economic diversification, diverse stream of revenue, and this outside of oil, uh, ways to improve uh, exports in local production. Those are key priorities. Generally, the best way that South Sudan should utilize any investment and any funds that they get, especially if they're to get funds from the IMF, is to focus on critical projects. Uh, Number one is infrastructure. Infrastructure can be broken down to doing internal roads in the capital city, which will greatly improve traffic and improve uh, uh, urban development in city centers across South Sudan. Uh, Number two, national highways that will connect South Sudan to the rural areas. These are critical projects that will help people in the city to be able to travel to the rural area relatively quick and safe as opposed to air travel. And finally, bridges. Bridges that will connect some of the bodies of water uh, in in South Sudan, the lakes and the ponds across the the country. Another one is energy. South Sudan should prioritize improving accessibility to energy and reliable power. And finally, agriculture industrialization. South Sudan should focus on ways to improve food production 
food security and reduces reliance on food imports. And finally, South Sudan should focus on industrializing its economy, focus on ways to add value to its key products, such as when you do produce sesame, have a sesame oil. If you're growing uh, sugar cane, have a sugar factory. So all in all, I believe that the IMF can greatly help South Sudan stabilize its economy and put on a trajectory for growth and development as it recovers as far as a post-conflict state. And look at the other stories making it into the podcast. In Uganda, there's good news for the economy about rising employment levels for the last six months as the country continues to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic hit. According to Uganda's Purchase Managers Index for the month of November, job creation was signaled in the country's private sector for the first time in six months during the month as the companies responded to market needs. The headline PMI posted 54.1 in November, down slightly from 54.6 in October. In line with the headline figure, both output and new orders increased in the fourth month running in November. Now, Ghana's PMI was unchanged at 51.0 in November, signaling a third successive improvement in business conditions in the private sector, and one that was the same modest pace as seen in October. New orders, output and employment continued to rise, while business confidence improved to the highest in just over a year. Meanwhile, inflationary pressures picked up sharply, with the higher prices often reflecting increases in fuel costs. This was despite suppliers' delivery times shortening to the greatest extent on record. Ethiopia's annual inflation rate eased to 33% in November from 34.2% in October. Food prices slowed down, that is 38.9% versus 40.7% in October, despite a lack of commercial goods in Tigray and neighboring Amhara region where fighting spread in July. The World Food Programme estimated that 13.6 million people were food insecure in Ethiopia because of the extended impact of conflict drought, flooding, desert low-cost invasions, market disruptions, high food prices, and the COVID-19 pandemic. On a monthly basis, consumer prices fell 0.6% after a 0.1% downtake in the previous month. And a look at the markets. Bitcoin fell more than 4% to trade around 47,400 US dollars on Monday, having fallen to its lowest 41,968 on Saturday, more than 20% below Friday's close and the lowest since September 30th, following a dip in Wall Street, driven by a tech sell-off amid concerns of the new Omicron variant. Other cryptos followed the route. Ether, the world's second largest virtual currency, tumbled to a low of $3,500,000 on Saturday, down 17.5% from the previous close, is currently trading around $3,950. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the Gay Financial. And if you have suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com, and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the Cape Financial. And you can find me on Twitter at Withadong. 